Come on, Steve. We've got D in the carpet. Failure is not an option. It's a problem of motivation, all right? Boy's got a mouth like a cannon, always shooting it off. Yeah, something like that. It's the good stuff. And here we go! Shake it back! <laughs> Does that feel good? Yeah, it rhymes. They're both verbs. Awesome. So listen to that. Welcome back to another episode of Strictly Outside the Lines. I'm particularly excited about today's episode because this is the very first episode that we are having a guest. And this guest is somebody who is very, very important to me. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and announce him straight off the bat. The guest for today's episode, for this episode, is none other than Yermi Kirkus of Yermi Kirkus Consulting. He's somebody who many of you may already know from my other podcast, which is exceptionally the Exceptionally Irresistible Show, where Yermi and I are co-hosts. Uh, but Yermi is also a business partner of mine, and that really is who he is at his core and with what he does. And we're going to get into that, how everything he does is strictly outside the lines. Uh, but without further ado, I'm going to introduce Yermi. We're going to bring him in. Yermi, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, Baruch. How's it going? Thank you so much for this. My pleasure. I, you know, I want to start off with saying, explaining why you're the very first guest. I mean, it, it doesn't really need an explanation, but I want uh, the listeners to understand this because um, one of the things that you'll, hopefully you'll talk about today is the idea of, of achieving the impossible dream. Um, that is something that you have been sharing a lot about and teaching and educating people on. And as I mentioned in the last episode, you know, this podcast for me was a really big deal. And it's something that took a very long time for me to get. Um, and you were really the very first person to get me over that threshold into podcasting. And that was through, you know, us partnering up and saying, hey, why don't we do a podcast? So um, I really do want you to speak about achieving the impossible dream today, and we're going to talk more, and I'll ask questions about that. Um, but I also want I want you to explain more what it means to be a business partner, because you know I'm I'm a coach, I'm a consultant, um, and when I work with people, it's in a coaching and consulting capacity. But when I asked you, you know, how do you want to be titled? Even though we had an episode about titles, how do you want to be titled? You immediately said business partner versus, um, you know, a coach or consultant. So if you can, um, tell us a little bit, well, tell us your story, what it means to achieve the impossible dream, and why you go by a business partner versus a coach or consultant. Sure, sure. So first of all, I cannot even express, you know, how excited I am and how honored I am and how privileged I am and how much outside the lines this is for me to be accepting to be like the first, you know, guest of this incredible show. I got to tell the audience, I am so envious of you. And I do make a difference between jealousy and envy. Okay. So that's maybe a discussion for another time, but I am so envious of you that you took that huge leap and go on a solo platform and do, you know, and I tell you, I'm, I, I love your show so much. I've been listening to all the episodes. Um, it's incredible. It's incredible what you've achieved and it's incredible what you've done. And I'm just blown away. I mean, I, I love your show so much. Like I can't, I can't stop listening to it and I just can't stop enjoying it. So um, 
you know, if it if it matters anything, I'm going to be right now, um, I'm going to take it and I'm going to be sort sort of like selfish right now. <laughs> I am so freaking proud of you right now. It's insane. Not that it matters. I mean, you should just be proud of yourself and you should just like, you know, it's just, it's incredible. And, and it's, it's, to me, it's like, it's, it's about, it's a, it's, it is what it means to be that business partner. That's what it means to me. And it's like, you know, yes, there is an element of coaching to what I do. Yes, there is an element of consulting to what I do. But when I connect with people and when I take them on, I don't see them as clients. I don't see them as, you know, I really care so much that they succeed in whatever dream they have, whether possible or not. More often than not, they're hiring me because, or they're partnering with me because they deem their dream impossible. And my job as the business partner is to partner up with them on their journey to making that dream possible. And the reason, you know, perhaps so many people are asking, well, what qualifies you for that? Or, you know, what makes you think you could make this quote unquote impossible dream possible? Um, to which I answer, I said, you know what, to be honest, I don't know. And that's what partnership is part is 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 kind of, you know, why I partner up with you. So for me, it's more like, for me, it's more like. I, I, you know, I, I, I've accomplished so many dreams that others, or sometimes myself, you know, I've told myself they're impossible. I've accomplished them. And, you know, how did I do it? I don't really, I don't really, really know. I just took some 10 universal principles. I've applied those principles. I've dedicated myself. I, you know, I worked hard on them. And thank God, you know, the, the results were there, you know. Um, for example, one of one of the impossible dreams was my wife. You know, I, I had this ideal life that I wanted to live. Um, you know, maybe I should actually just go back a little bit. You asked for my story. So in 2010, I was faced with three major life events. Um, each one of these life events on their own requires, you know, therapy or whatever, you know, they were big life events. I got all three of them in one shot. Um, right. At the time, I was married. My wife at the time leaves me, got divorced. It was a very dirty divorce. Um, a week later, my mom dies. And a few days later, a business that I've been building uh, was forced to shut down beyond my control. And so in a matter of 10 days, these three major, major life events hit me like three tons of bricks. Imagine getting hit by one. You know, this was three, right. you know. Um, and so it took me a long time to recover from that and to go to the therapy that I needed to go to the recovery that I needed, you know, get the support I needed, all that kind of stuff. And through that, you know, recovery, through that stage of that journey that I had to go through, I decided that it's worth living an exceptional life. I mean, what else is there at this point? You know, I lived the, the garbage life. Now it's time to live the best life, you know, um, so after designing this ideal life, I asked myself, well, who do I want to spend this ideal life with for the rest of my life? Okay. It's not worth it spending it by myself. I would love to get married, settle down with the perfect right person that matches this type of perfect, exceptional life. And so when I designed this, what that looked like in my mind, that vision, you know, I wrote it down on paper and I went to these matchmakers and said, hey, you know, could you help me out with this person? 
And they all looked at me as if I was crazy. You know, these type of women don't exist, I heard. You know, all these negative voices. And then at some point you start, like I started believing them. So my negative self-talk came in. And so I had to work through all that negative self-talk, the external voices, the internal voices. And it took me six years to accomplish that dream. And those six years were difficult. They were hard, but I still went through it. And the three components that I often talk about in achieving an impossible dream is number one, having that clear vision, seeing it in your eyes. The number two is willing to take massive levels of, of, of action. You have to be taking action all day long, however you do it, and actually not stopping until you achieve your dream. And the only way you're going to get through all that is through faith. So you have to have some kind of faith. I don't care if you're religious. I don't care if you're spiritual. I don't care whatever you are, but you have to have some level of belief or I don't care whatever you call it in something greater than yourself, because there's going to be forces very, very big that are going to take you down and you need that support. You need that system. Um, It starts with faith and then it obviously ends with community and the people that you surround yourself with. Um, And that's really the only way to do it. And that's how you accomplish an impossible dream. And a lot of it is coloring outside the lines. You know, it's, there's no, (laughs) excuse me, there's no set rule how you do it. Everybody has their journey. So I've taken so much time already, you know, explaining all that, but to me, it's really, it's really, you're that perfect example where here you are dreaming up of this, this, you know, podcasting. And I'm asking you, well, why aren't you doing it? And then I felt at a certain level kind of, you know, hypocritical because I also had that dream and I never did it, but I'm the kind of guy that, Hey, you know, let's hold each other accountable and let's show up every Wednesday and let's do a show together every Wednesday, you know? Right. Um, I'm not there yet to do my own solo show, which, although it is in the books at some point. Um, but kudos to you for <laughs> coloring way outside of the lines and, and beating me to it. And I couldn't be happier um, to see you on this journey. So again, all, all the power to you, brother. So well, this- thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, I, I want to, there's so much in there that what you just said, um, and I want to highlight some of the things that I picked up. I'm, I'm scribbling away some notes, uh, but I want to point out something because from what you were describing your story, um, and a lot of this has to do with this idea of, of being strictly outside the lines. You know, the whole idea is that everybody tells us you have to do things in a certain way. And the number one example that we have is go to school, get good grades so you can get good grades in college and you can get a good job, right? Now, not everybody needs to be an entrepreneur, but not everybody needs to pursue their career path in the way that you know the world tells us. And you can totally switch careers. But the thing that you said there is as you were achieving your impossible dream the or, or working on achieving your impossible dream, there's four things that stood out to me. The first one was that you sat down and said, what is my ideal life? And mm. the key thing there is yours, you personally. And that's something I think a lot of people, that's a huge step that a lot of people miss is, well, what do I want to focus on? What is a life that I want to live? And then you open the door to, okay, who do I want to join me on that journey? Who do I want to be a part of this journey? Who do I want to be a part of this life? And I think that's another thing where a lot of people, society says, oh, let me get a job. Oh, 
let me find the beautiful girl who's going to fit all my desires and then we'll figure out how we're going to live together. And they end up dating for seven years and then falling apart one year into marriage because they didn't have, you know, the precursor and the, the foundations. But so after you've designed your life and then you said you find somebody to, to, to join it, you also had to find the right people to guide you and help you. You went to a number of matchmakers um, and they were all like, this is impossible. So you had to find the right people to help you along that journey, help you find that, which really translates into when you have that your ideal vision planned out, you're, you've designed your life and you've, you're pursuing the, or rather you have an understanding of whether you're going to get married or not, whether you're looking for a spouse or not, but the people that you're going to have in your community, as you referenced, you know, what do they look like? You also have to find the right people to support you in going in that direction. You can't just find somebody who, who's already in the industry per se. You know, it has to be very uniquely geared to you. Um, and then the last thing that I really loved was it took you six years to get from point A to point B. How many people are out there rushing the timeline when we really just have to learn to be good with the timeline? So I, I really wanted to focus on those four things because those are I think integral steps along the way that as people are looking to live this life outside the lines, you know, strictly outside the lines, they need to focus on this because outside the lines isn't just about throwing all caution to the wind and, and you know, going to the opposite extreme of wherever you are. There is this idea of doing it smartly. Um, and then for anybody, for in case you didn't catch it, the three steps that Yermi said there, you know, the three elements to having that impossible dream, I'm going to let you go back, rewind and listen to it because that, that was a, very powerful. Yermi's giving you everything for free. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to, 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 you know, focus on those four points that you brought up because those were, sure. you know, those were incredible. Um, mm -hmm. So because a lot of our listeners are, are individuals who are looking into entrepreneurship or they're even looking to make a career change or looking to improve really any area of their life, as we say, you know, um, health, finances, relationships, faith, or spirituality, mm -hmm. what is something that they can do right now because it's it's never too late to start designing your ideal life. Sure. What is something that they can do right now to start taking that step into envisioning their ideal life? Simple answer: dream like a child. All right. That simple wow. answer: dream like the way you used to dream when you were a kid. Okay. So, and what do I mean by that? The way the way I see things. Okay. And this is how I dream up of my let's call them impossible dreams. I look at my kid playing, okay? And I see him, you know, taking his little cars and, and you know, today we bought him those little, those little, uh, how do you call those? Um, hot wheel cars or whatever it yep. is. And he came up with a brilliant idea. Give him a car and give him the packaging of the car. And what does he prefer to play with? The packaging, okay? Yeah, standard. The plastic, you know, and he's trying to put the car back into the plastic and he's trying to repackage it. And I'm trying just to observe him, just watching him. And I noticed that for him, he's at a stage where it's like putting things in and like it's called a transfer stage, I think it's called in, in this age where he likes to transfer things in and out of, of things. And he was literally playing, you know, putting this car in a garage or, or something to that equivalent. That's how I was observing him. And it really got me thinking, like, that's what it means to dream like a kid. Okay. So 
you, you see, like when you observe children and especially as they grow older, their dream is to be Superman or some, you know, policeman or garbage man or doctor or whatever right. it is. And as they grow older, their dreams become more quote unquote realistic. Okay. So less, it's less possible for me to be Superman because I can't jump out of the window with, you know, with my, with my, uh, you know, blanket draped over me or whatever it is. Please don't, <laughs> you know? So I might as well just be the, you know, the garbage man, but the garbage man isn't such a glorious job because my mom probably wants me to be a doctor or something like that, you know? Um, <clears throat> and then when they land in medical school, oh my gosh, that's not for me. And I don't know, I'll be an accountant or something like go figure what, right. how life transitions. And more often than not, unfortunately, we are encouraged to dream less and less when in fact, it's actually supposed to be the opposite. And my approach, and this is what I just did to myself, is that I never allowed anybody to overshadow my dreams. And this is also something that I personally have an issue with coaches and consultants, because let's say in my dating life, right? I did, I hired, I hired a coach, I hired a dating coach. And that dating coach, that person's entire, you know, mission or purpose or whatever was to make my to make me more <coughs> um realistic was was the way you know that person right. put it in let's let's tame your dream or let's and right. i spent thousands of dollars on this person first of all just exploring maybe maybe i am dreaming like a crazy bad man maybe yeah, i don't know whatever right um i gave it that shot but i realized how miserable i was getting how this is not working for me this is not doing it for me and so I just didn't appreciate the, the coaching or the consulting that I got um, in the sense of the color within these lines, in a sense, you know, right. and it just wasn't working for me. I just wasn't like I lived this life already and I wasn't interested in living it again. I was interested in living a crazy exceptional life or else it's not worth it. And I had to be so crazy or I had to be so um, obsessed with living this exceptional life that I was ultimately looking for partners. That's ultimately what I was looking for. So I did find people who I part, like who really, really just, just like allowed me even to dream. I had one friend who simply said, hey, if that's your dream, so be it. How could I support you? How could I help you? And right. just by him listening to me and being there for me, that already did it for me. I don't think he did much to help me in terms of like actually finding my wife or anything. But, right. and by the way, he's one of the guys who actually uh, was my best man at my wedding. Um, but he was there to listen to me at two, three, four in the morning sometimes when I was going through that hardship. So to answer to your first, you know, to your first, uh, uh, you know, part, be obsessed with your dream. I don't care what it is in business. And, and you're right. First, identify why are you going to wake up in the morning to go do this entrepreneurial endeavor. Being an entrepreneur is going to be the hardest thing you're ever going to do in your life. I often ask myself, why the heck would people ever want to be an entrepreneur? Right. But it has to be so in your bones and you have to be so obsessed about what you are trying to achieve, this world that you're trying to change or create in your vision. You have to be so sold on your idea because it's going to bring us to the second point in a second, which I'm going to let you guide us into. Mm -hmm. um, but 
if you're not able to sell yourself, how are you expecting to sell anybody on your dream? You know, right. future employees, future clients, future whatever. Think of that first. Really, really have a crazy, crazy dream that's worth living in a sense. Right. So, yeah. you know, that's my challenge to the, to the audience is what are you trying really to change? How are you making this world a better place? Yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna make money one way or another at the end of the line. That's not that's not that's not part of the discussion right now. But why are you gonna wake up in the morning and why are you expecting anybody else to wake up in the morning to follow you and to do something? Like what is that? Right. So obsessed in a sense. So I, I wanna I wanna also bring this into the realm of those who they don't necessarily want to be entrepreneurs. They they they're happy in their job, they just want to kind of level up in that job. Um, or, or even somebody in the sense of a relationship and with their relationships or their basic finances or the spirituality, whatever area of life it is that, that you're looking to work on, you're looking to focus on the same principle, you know, applies. It's what is that ideal life? What does that ideal relationship look like for you? What is your ideal financial situation? If you want to continue your job, but you want to get a higher level paying job, you know, within the same industry or whatever it may be, you can still pursue that. You can still dream big about it. And there will be those naysayers who are saying, oh, that's not, that's not possible. You're, you're making enough. Why do you need to make more? But be willing to be obsessed with the pursuit of that. There's one other thing also that you mentioned that I want to bring to light. Um, you know, when, when specifically when you, Yermi, are partnering up with individuals, but also us as individuals, when we're looking for partners in whatever capacity, whether it's us and with our relationships with our spouse or a coworker or a friend, one of the biggest lessons I had to learn was I don't always have to solve the problem. Mm. I don't have to be the solution. And it was the hardest thing for me to learn because Mm. I love being able to provide that for people. I love being able to provide that service of helping them to see the solution. Sometimes all, all people want is like you said, they just want somebody to be there alongside them, be there to support them and encourage them. So if you're a spouse, you know, and your spouse is going through some hard times, it's very possible all they want from you is just simple support. Hey, I'm here with you. You know, if, if you're a coworker, they don't necessarily want your, they don't necessarily want you to solve their problem. Could right. be they just want you to relate to them or, or, or support them. And you that doesn't mean you necessarily have to have the same problems with work that they're having. Mm-hmm. Just give them that space to have their problems and, and support them in the pursuit of fixing those problems. Or if there's somebody that has a big dream, support them in pursuing those dreams. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, but uh, you know, one of the next parts, which really does blend in, whether it's a spouse that you're looking for, or whether it's community or, or friends or supporters that you're looking for, again, it is important to have that right person to join you. So what was the process you used in your, you know, your pursuit of marriage, which by the way, we didn't get to it, but for anybody who doesn't know Jeremy's wife, they are a perfect couple. And you know, you could tell it was very much worth the wait. Um, Jeremy's Jeremy and his wife are best friends with my wife and I, like not only are Jeremy and I business partners, but like we've, we're best friends and we spent a good, I think a week or so by Jeremy and Liam um, in, in their place. And it's really incredible to kind of see the whole completion of that journey. So seeing it now as, as a spectator as well, but what was it, what were the kind of the, the qualifications, the characteristics or, or the principles that you followed when looking for somebody to become your partner in life as well as your partner in business, because she really does support you 
in mm. business. And it's incredible to see that relationship. So kind of, if you can walk us through what that aspect of it looked like, whether it's being sure. applied to a spouse or just those supporters, those people who will run alongside you. Sure. So, you know, go just for one quick second, I just want to highlight something very important that you said. Um, this idea of this idea of having that accountability partner, even or even that shoulder to cry on, you know, um, you know, you don't have to always wear, you know, a lot of coaches and consultants. Part of their job is to solve problems. That's their job. Okay, a, right. a partner is not necessarily the same thing. A partner is there through thick and thin. You know, when you're crying, he's crying with you, or she's crying with you, or whatever it is. That's a partner. A partner is with you all the way 50 50 100 100 call it whatever you want is there with you through the bad through the ugly through the good through the everything you know that's what a partner is and a lot of people tend to try to put on that 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 cape and become that superman and try to help you know try to solve all the problems and many times that's not the solution just to quickly demonstrate that with a quick story if i may one of the clients that i'm currently prospecting um, had to had to let one of their one of their top producers let the, to go. Um, that producer was pretty toxic, um, and so and so they were trying to work with him, and they were trying to really really kind of solve, you know, the toxicity because he was such a great producer and all this kind of stuff. And we found out that he had a coach because we said, oh, we'll give you a coach, we'll help you out, whatever. He says, I have one, and it's like the relationship he had with his coach was more a partnership than than it was because all the, the the stuff that the coach was giving him to do um he actually would just throw out would just not do it mm. he didn't want to be told anything and we asked him like what about the coach do you like he's like at three in the morning when I'm when I'm down I could call that coach just empty out my feelings that coach is listening and that's it for me that's and this this person was spending you know, a few hundred dollars a month just for that, nothing else. Everything right. else he was getting from his coach, he was throwing out. He wasn't even using, you know, mm. he was only using that part of, I know I could call somebody when I need him, you know? And so that just, that just demonstrates to you how important that is. So going back to the answer of, you know, what are those qualities? What are those things? Now, I want the audience to understand that, yes, we're talking about relationships. Yes, we're talking... The principles apply across the board to anything right. you want to do. You want a better life. You want better finances. You want better. You have to design yourself. What does better finances look like? How much money is that? What, what is that? You know, you want a million dollars in the account or do you want a hundred million dollars in the account? Or are you just happy with 250, you know, a year in an account? Like, what does it mean to you? You know, once you have that vision so clear, you know what that looks like now you're coming to the table with something. So when I was designing this ideal wife of mine, I knew what makes me tick because I clearly identified that about myself. I knew that, for example, I needed a wife who um, is very hospitable. She loves people. She loves, you know, doing good for people. She's into charity. She's into all that stuff. I needed that because I'm like that or I value that. So that was a quality I was looking for right. in my life, okay? And where would I typically find such a wife? I wasn't going to typically perhaps find her in a club, you know, in a, in a bar. I would probably find her in a soup kitchen, 
So I will volunteer in a soup kitchen because more likely than not, the kind of value of person that I'm looking for is hanging around in these environments. And that works the same thing in business that works in anything that you're ever trying to do is you really just have to say, you know, we said, we said in the, in the first segment is, you know, why am I waking up in the morning? I'm obsessed about this dream. I'm obsessed about this solution to a problem that I'm going to eventually make money on. But then who are the people who are surrounding you to help you solve that problem? That means they most likely have to have the same values as you or share the same kind of vision and mission and all that kind of stuff <coughs> with you. They're waking up in the morning just as equally obsessed and excited as you right. are. And those are the people that are worth hanging around with. That's your inner circle. That's the people, you know, you want to hang out with. That's so that's how you really attract those people to you. Jeremy, you did it again. <laughs> this, so there's a couple of things I want to bring up and highlight. Um, so it, I, I believe I mentioned this in a previous episode. It might've been the one on marriage and relationships. Um, in Judaism, we have this idea of, and, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong. I think it actually says it in Torah, in the Jewish Bible itself, that your your wife is your Azer Konegdo. It, it's somebody who is your, your uh, uh, what's the translation? Opposite um for you the help the helper that's that's in front of you in a sense right okay so so it's the helper that's in front of you the help helper that that's opposite you um and what i found in my personal relationship you know with with my wife and i um but also in partnerships is that it's not enough for them to just be a supporter and say yeah good job keep going do that do that do that on the contrary a good partner whether in marriage and relationships or whether in business and career is somebody who will actually challenge you when you need to be challenged. They'll question what your thought process is. They'll question the direction you're taking. You know, an example from, um, you know, with with myself and my wife and our finances is I'm, I love giving charity and we strongly believe in the Jewish concept of miser of tithing, you know, 10% of our income goes to charity. What do you do though? When, you are struggling to put food on your own table. Mm -hmm. So I was speaking to my wife about how we just got some money. And, um, you know, I said, I sent that mice or I sent that tithe somewhere. We have a separate bank account we put it into. And she challenged me on that. She said, how is it that we are giving charity when right now we're having a hard time connecting the dots with our own financial situation? And you know what? I appreciated that because first of all, she's right. You have to take care of your own table first. You can't go helping people if you haven't taken care of yourself. And second of all, it forced me into the mindset of, okay, I don't want to give up tithing. I don't want to give up giving charity, which means I need to create more income, which means I need to create greater impact. So how do I go about doing that? So that's one thing I wanted to bring up, uh, but also the fact that you said, you said it brilliantly, you have to define what it is that you're looking for, who it is you're looking for, what are the characteristics that they have? And that comes from defining yourself, knowing yourself so well, being so in tune with yourself that you're able to then say, okay, so this is what I need. Uh, But the last thing that you said, which really is the kicker, it's you have to go where you're going to find that success. Success is not going to come to you. You have to go out of your box, get out of your comfort zone, go outside those lines and Mm -hmm. pursue that success um, 
and find it wherever it is. Your success is not going to be in the bars with the drunk people. Right. Not unless you're looking to open a bar, in which case, great, go to a bar because you'll learn a lot about drunken people and you'll learn a lot about bars. But you have to go wherever that that success can be found and, and you have to put yourself in that situation. Um, and so to bring it around to, to, I guess, the final or the second to last question um, is, you know, the last thing you mentioned was you have to be good with your time, right? You have to be patient. Sure. That takes a lot of patience, you know, being, mm -hmm. being okay, waiting for something to take six years. I mean, this podcast was, let's say 15 years in the making, wow. you know, and, and it was a series of processes, a series of points till I got here, your impossible dream. I, you know, there's a six years from, from point A to point B, but really there's everything that happened before point A that led to point A, which then had to lead to point B. Mm -hmm. What can you, what advice, input, guidance can you give uh, for those people who, if they're like you and I, they're extremely motivated, they're extremely driven, and they just want to get things and they want to get them done. How do we learn to slow down, um, be good with the time that it's going to take? And um, yeah, I call it actively waiting is what I call it. Love it. So actively waiting basically means, and here, here, and it's such an appropriate time because we're here in December. We are, you know, only a few days away from the New Year's, and we all know people when it comes to the New Year's, they're all like doing these resolutions and they're getting all excited. And here are new goals for the year, and here's what I'd like to accomplish, and all that kind of nice stuff. And the reason why only one in 30 people will actually achieve any of their resolutions. Um, you know, I think it's the average of like almost everybody fail within, within like weeks of, of like, of, of right. the new years and whatever. And the reason to that is because we have these huge ambitions, especially us, you know, highly motivated, high, high achievers. Mm -hmm. We have these massive dreams. Okay, I'm going to look for the most ideal wife who's going to last forever, you know, for, to help me support me and, and live with me this ideal life. That was a big, big dream, you know, and it might take time. And maybe the resolution that we're resoluting to do will actually take five years, not one year. You know, and right. that, and then when we start realizing the impact or the size of this dream, and then we lose, we lose motivation and we lose that, you know, that drive and, and we fall off the bandwagon and then it gets too hard. And then that dream does become impossible because we give up on it too quickly. Mm -hmm. All right. So you have to also be patient. You have to be aware that there's a certain amount of time for everything. And sometimes we don't even know what, how long that is. Sometimes right. we have no clue. Right. And that's where, that's why the patience component is very much tied into the faith component because we're on God's time one way or another. I believe in yes. God. We're on his time one way or another. And he's going to he, like, it doesn't matter what I do. His time will always win because the universe has its own set clock. And that's just what it is. You know, I have to learn how to tune into that and to hack that system to make it work for me. So a great example was I was immigrating from Canada to the U.S. And that was going to take a 13-year process. What do you think I was going to do in 13 years? Sit down and wait and twirl my thumbs and be in bed and watch TV? And what was I doing during those 13 years? 
Well, during those 13 years, I went, I got, I got a college education. I got a, a bachelor's degree. I got two master's degree and I'm working currently on a doctor's degree. Um, I wrote six books in that period of time. None of them published, but they're ready to go as soon as I'm ready to go. I wrote articles galore, you know, videos galore. Like I did so much in 13 years. You know, I went and I observed. I went and I was under, you know, uh, mentors. I watched how they did things. I got involved. I was doing research. I was, I was always actively doing things. So I was actively waiting during that period of time. And I never said no to an opportunity. Never said no, because go figure if maybe now's the right time for me to shine. In the ethics of our fathers, in Pirkei Avot, it says that never underestimate a person because for every person has a time and a place. And you never know when that time and place will come up. Right. So always saying yes to opportunity you just simply never know what's going to come out of that particular <coughs> opportunity. But if, <coughs> excuse me, if you are actively waiting in a sense, that means that you're ready to act as soon as you see, and I've identified that opportunity to jump onto, and you're going to, you're going to pivot so quickly and you'll be ahead of the game because you've been building up for this moment. So that patience you know, you have to have that <laughs> that level of patience that maybe you're not going to have your private island, you know, tomorrow or whatever it is, or maybe you're not going to have this exploding business and maybe you're not making a million dollars today. But what are the steps you're taking today now to be ready to be able to get that million dollars <laughs> potentially tomorrow or 10 years from now or three minutes from now or five years from now or never, or I don't know, you know? Right. And whenever God is ready. <clears throat> Amazing. You know, it's funny because that actively waiting reminds me of a term I used to use, which was um, productive procrastination. Yeah. I don't know if it's a legitimate thing, but I'm like, you know what? If, if I'm not in the mood of and are feeling into doing something productive right now, at least let my procrastination be productive. So I'd use it that use that time to to watch a good video that you know would teach me something or read a good book or something like that. But but I really love that the idea of actively waiting because it's 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 not waiting around for something to happen. It's taking actionable steps and and I I appreciate that and I think it's a very valuable uh tool for people to have and a concept for them to understand because not always are things like you said it's not going to happen on your timeline. It's happening on a timeline. It's happening on God's timeline. And we have to still put in the effort and show God that that we're pursuing that. Absolutely. Well, that that does bring us to the uh, to the end of this episode. And you know, Yermi, this was so incredible. I could not have asked her anything better. Um, so I want to thank you once again for joining us tonight. Uh, but I also, you know, I want to end off with um, if there's one piece of advice that you would you could give to those listeners one thing that they should know, and I'm putting you on the spot here because I didn't plan this question ahead of time. Uh, but if there's one piece of advice or one thing that you want them to know, what would that be in 30 to 60 seconds? All right. So it's a three piece, three piece answer. That's what it is. Cause it's going to be three small, tiny steps. Love Number it. one, go dream, dream big, dream like a child. I don't care what it is. Okay. Think to yourself, what do you need? You're going to get a voice that's going to be there. I want you to listen to that voice. And I want you to explore that voice, give that voice value, you know, listen to that voice and allow that voice to exist. 
then question that voice and say, where's that coming from? The second step is to, what is that one step you could take today to overcome those, you know, those limiting beliefs or whatever it is? What's one step closer to that massive dream that you have? And the third thing is have some kind of silent prayer that is within you that, you know, I, I believe in that faith, as I told you, what is that one thing that you could connect to? You know, prayer is all about connection. So what is that one little silent prayer that you could do that's going to help you and inspire you versus motivate you? I want you to be inspired rather than motivated that to wake up in the morning and go take those necessary actions. Every day you should be taking one step closer to that ultimate dream. So if you're not there yet, that's okay. Appreciate the process. You know, say, thank you, God, for giving me the opportunity to, you know, to not be so good today because that's going to give me the kick in the butt that I need to do the best thing and the next forward step. So that's my advice to you. Number one, dream big. Number two, um, take one step action. And number three, have some kind of silent inspirational prayer that you could push yourself. I hope you heard that. Yermi, where can our listeners find you? What social media, where can they interact with you? Where can they find more of what you've got going on and what you're going to have coming on? Because there's some big announcements, which are not going to announce just yet, but where can yeah. people find more about you? So LinkedIn is the platform that I, where I hang out. Um, so LinkedIn, just look up Yermi Kirkus. Um, I believe, I think Baruch is going to put the link on, on yes. down here below. Um, Yermi Kirkus on LinkedIn and or just my email address, uh, yearme at yearmekirkus.com. Love it. I'd say that was a pretty successful broadcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you would let me know by hitting that follow button and the notification bell so that the next time I release an episode, you'll be notified and you'll be able to listen to it. Additionally, it would help me immensely if you could leave me a rating and, of course, write a review. I would love to hear back from you from your feedback, whatever it may be. So please be sure to reach out either through my email, through any of my social media platforms, or by leaving a voice note.